Hey She Family and welcome to season six. I am so excited about season six. Um, this quarantine break has been something else. It's been a roller coaster ride. It's been a lot going on in America. So I've had a lot of time to think. I've had a lot of time to digest a few things. And honestly, with the climate in America right now, I really just wanted to talk about race relations. I wanted to talk about, you know, what's going on in the world. There, there's the Black Lives Matter movement. There's, you know, um, statues being removed. Like it, it's almost like we are really having to come to terms with who we really are as America. And I just really want to talk about it. I want to talk about it with different people, um, white, black, biracial, Asian, whatever, uh, Hispanic heritage, um, just to kind of get a viewpoint of where they came from and how they view the world as far as race is concerned. Because honestly, we really are all the human race. And I can't wait until the day that race will not matter. And we're just all humans and we're just sharing this experience together. And of course, you know, the she in pieces of she stands for shared human experience. And I've always just thought that we were all just in this thing together, experiencing this thing together and living this thing called life and trying to figure it out. So um, my very first guest today, I'm really excited to hear from her because <laughs> her name is Caprice um, and she is biracial. So she's going to tell us all about herself and I've got some questions um, and hopefully you guys enjoy. So I'm really excited. So Caprice, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course, of course. Um, before we get into these questions, you know, I always do tea time. And <laughs> today and every day I am unapologetically black and figure uh, what better day to wear this shirt than today. I mean, we're talking about race relations. Uh, it just almost seems like um, it's a uh, uh, taboo to be black these days um, people get mad because you say black lives matter but guess what they do and I'm just proud to be a black American and um, I think everybody should be proud of who they are so all right we'll get started I'm gonna introduce Caprice with my famous five she is from Lansing Michigan she is a millennial um, she grew up in a single-parent household and she grew up with three siblings, but she has five. Um, she is a middle child and well, I got questions. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't get to that. Um, and then her astrological sign is Sagittarius. So you guys know I'm a Scorpitarius, so I like Sagittarius is a lot. <laughs> I have a lot of Scorpions in my life. Scorpions really? in my life. Yes. My husband, my mom, my father, oh, okay. you know, like Good. my best friend. Yeah. When's your mom's birthday? <laughs> November 10th. Oh, okay. I'm the yeah. 22nd. So. Oh, yeah. So yeah. my husband's the 21st. Really? Yes. Yes. Nice. So that's all nice. Scorpios. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. <laughs> I'm sure. We're likable people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I'm both. So. All right. Um. So tell me about your ethnic background. Like, what um, is is your your mom uh, white? Your dad? How how does uh, I'm listening. <laughs> sure. Uh, so my mom is white. My dad is black. Uh, my mom's family heritage is her father is Romanian. Mm. So very Eastern European. Um, my grandmother is half Greek, half um, Scotch. 
they actually came from Canada by way, okay. by way of Scotch, by way of Canada. Um, and so, my father's side, we don't know a whole lot of family history, mm -hmm. and um, Robertsons are not really like a talk about things that happen kind of people. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I have a little bit of lore here and there, but I don't beyond. Block, that's all I really got. <laughs> well, where's the family from? Uh, Michigan, so that's okay. where I grew up. The family's from Michigan, um, you know, and most of the family still lives in that area mm -hmm. when there are family reunions, but um, beyond my grandparents, I really don't know much about, you know, the, the Robertson family history. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay. So, growing up in Lansing, Michigan, honestly, I don't really know a lot about that area. Did you ha did you experience um, like racism or anything because you were biracial in that area, or is it pretty diverse over there? You know, it's pretty diverse, and I actually grew up with a lot of mixies. You know, there was okay. a lot, and I could probably name um, you know six to ten different kids in our neighborhood and our school, and so it wasn't unusual at all. Um, that, that, you know, there were just a lot of us. I don't think in Michigan I ever really had to think about race like mm -hmm. I did after mm -hmm. I came to Nevada. Mm -hmm. um, you still get that question every once in a while, what are you? Or people would try to uh, be like, okay, well, are you more white or are you more black? Mm. So you'd get that sometimes, but I, I feel like I was never really um, conscious of my race and had to define my race very much until I got to Nevada. Wow, yeah. wow. I um, have fell in love with the show Mixedish. I love that show. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't think that I would um, identify with it, I guess, as much as I do. Mm -hmm. um, but I am learning a lot, honestly. Mm -hmm. I love Rainbow's character. Um, but she does talk about, um, I actually saw an episode today. Did you? Crazy that we're sitting up here talking about. <laughs> but it was she felt like she had to pick a side or she didn't want to pick a side. Mm -hmm. And so she was struggling with that. Mm -hmm. um, had you ever felt that way that you had to pick a side? When, when I came to Nevada. And so mm -hmm. I think that, you know, and it's hard because I grew up in Michigan, but I moved when I was 16. And so mm -hmm. it's hard to know what was just because I was young and then, you know, what is regionally different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, when I came to Nevada, I was very much, I was black and everybody made me black. Wow. Um, so a story I, I always tell is I had this friend in high school named Nick. And I remember one day he was like a priest, what does skeet, skeet mean? I was like, Nick, I don't know, like, but like, you're the black person, so you should know what skeet skeet means, right? Yeah. And it's just, and especially, and I, grew, and I was in Henderson, right, for the last couple of years, so right. that's, that's a really white area. But like, you become like, the black person. Um, and so it was very much like, got defined, I feel like, once mm. I got here. Wow. Yeah. It's funny because I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. um, I actually grew up in... I say Inglewood because it really was Inglewood, but it was really the outskirts of Inglewood. It was, <laughs> uh -huh. it was Westchester. Okay. So it, mm -hmm. like on this side of the street, it's Inglewood. On this uh -huh. side, it's <laughs> like right across the street. Right. It's a rock. So when I tell people I grew up in Inglewood, they're like, "Oh, okay, okay," but it's like Inglewood adjacent. <laughs> yeah, kind of like I'm a, a Scorpetarius. Yeah, yeah, sort of like that. But. I agree with you. It's it's crazy because I I never really even thought about being a black person when I was in California. Mm -hmm. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I had all types of friends. 
most of my friends were white. Um, none of them ever said anything to me that made me feel like, oh, you're the black friend. Never, ever. But when I came out here, how old were you? I was 12. I literally had to pick a side. And that's crazy for me to say that because I am black. Like, how do you pick a side <laughs> and you're just black? Nevada's like the old west in that way, kind of, right? Yes. It's like it's, uh, you know, we still have like black neighborhoods and, you know, which was not the case in Michigan. Like, mm -hmm. it was just, um, or at least not in Lansing. Mm -hmm. Like, so it, it's really, there's a lot of class divide in Lansing. There just wasn't a whole lot of race divide in Lansing. Gotcha. So, so you never had to deal with any type of bullying or anything like that? in Lansing. No, no, and that's partly due to just personality, but gotcha. yeah. <laughs> I, just, yeah, I didn't tolerate a lot, so, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, and that's partly it probably, you know, that I was always just confident in who I was, so. Mm -hmm. how, how did then your, your, your parents, how did they meet? And did they have any kind of struggles at all with the choices that they made to be together? <laughs> or um, So they, <laughs> I don't, they were part of a larger group of friends. That's, mm. that's as much as I know about when they met um, in their 20s. And he was actually married to my oldest sister's um, mom at the time, whose mm. also name was Debbie. <laughs> and <laughs> he, uh, thank yeah. you for the Debbie. Yeah, yeah, he married, yeah. Two women named Debbie um, in a row. Um, and so, <laughs> so they had a kid young. So they had like, I think mm. she was 19 or 20 when they had Sonia. And then um, they split up and my mom was with him for a long time. She had my oldest sister, my older sister, Nicole, um, and then me um, and got married, I think, when she was pregnant with me. And mm -hmm. then they had my brother a couple years later. Um, but my mom uh, raised my oldest sister, Sonia. They always lived. She always lived with my, gotcha. with, my with us and, and my dad. Okay. Yeah. And how, so let me ask you this. Yeah. Sonia's mom, is she white? Tanya's mom is white, yes. Okay, okay. Yes. So all of the women I've seen my dad with have been white. Okay. Yes. So you've never you don't have any black siblings. Like that I mean that I know of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> I've heard some stories. <laughs> that, yeah, we yeah. <laughs> I have stories too. But that's not what this is about. This is about race relations. <laughs> Bring it back. Let's bring it back. <laughs> All right. So, so when you got here um, in Vegas, kind of like Vegas picked a side for you. Mm -hmm. And so, how did you feel about that? Did that make you feel a way? Did that make you feel like you were denying your whiteness, if you will? No. Um, you know, I would say honestly, I remember in high school having a lot of those experiences. I don't feel like I had them as much when I was in college. I stayed here for, you know, college and mm -hmm. was at UNLV. Um, and I, got, I honestly probably didn't start to think about race that much again until, so I went to California mm -hmm. to do my master's. I came back and started working at CSN mm -hmm. and that's probably the first time where I really started to think about race again. And you know what it actually was? Is, do you remember they were trying to redo um, the African American Heritage Committee. Okay. Like it had been had been kind of like out of the committee had dissolved mm -hmm. a while ago and nothing had happened. And so they had sent out this email to 
don't know, hundred, all the, the black, which you can't do, I don't know how they got away mm -hmm. with that, but all the black uh, <laughs> faculty and staff and was like, hey, we're going to try to do um, this committee. And I went to the committee meeting and I was unsure about it because I was new to the school and there was a bunch of emails back and forth with um, some individuals talking like, and I was mm -hmm. like, um, and so <laughs> I walked, interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I walked into the room, right? And it was maybe 15 or 20 of us and everybody was black. And mm -hmm. I was like, I literally can't remember the last time when I was a room with all black people. Really? Yes. And like, and I felt like, like I felt it. Like I, I, um, was conscious of that fact because I had spent so much time in like these white spaces that, um, I became really conscious of it and that's really I think when I started to make an um, active effort to um, if I'm gonna be black anyway <laughs> you know yeah. um, to really be part of the community gotcha yeah. gotcha so let me ask you this I do you are you close to closer to your mom's side of the family or your dad's side of the family or is it the same um, do you communicate with them you know the same I'm definitely closer to my mom's side of the family mm -hmm. um, you know, I didn't grow up with my dad. He wasn't there most of the gotcha. time. He, excuse me, he left um, when my brother was young. So maybe, you know, I was like five or six. Mm -hmm. And I saw him a handful of times afterwards, um, but not consistently. So mostly it was my mom's side of the family. Gotcha. Um, but you don't necessarily no. communicate with. No, but they're also, it's also a personality thing. Mm -hmm. Like, um, it's not just a, you know, it, it's also a personality thing. Right, right. Okay. Okay. So and so we're talking. You were talking about work, and you were talking about um, how you kind of had to pick a side. So at work, people see you as black. I think they do now, and I think uh, especially because I'm so active um, with the black within the black community mm -hmm. at CSN, mm -hmm. I would say a lot of them do. Yeah. Okay. And have you ever had to deal with any type of racism in your family? My family. Or is everybody pretty accepting of people? Yeah, never the, any that I've seen. Yeah, well, because it's funny because I know that. Um, so, so we have colorism, mm -hmm. you know, in 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 the black community, mm -hmm. and I am darker than than some black people. Mm -hmm. um, and the the crazy thing is. The first time that I even dealt with colorism was in my family. You know, and it's usually the people closest to you, right? Yeah, I'm not surprised. And that's sad <laughs> yeah. that that I dealt with it there. Um, I can honestly say I don't think that any. Well, one. Have you ever been called the N word? No. Okay. I I one time when I was in the third grade, so I was living in California. Uh huh. Um, I was a kid. It was a kid, yeah, and she was within arm's reach, mm -hmm. and that was the only person that has ever done it within arm's reach. Uh -huh. <laughs> the consequences of that, uh -huh. she was in arm's reach. Uh -huh. So, yeah, mm -hmm. you know. But other than that, uh, you know, people have screamed it to me. But if you're within arm's reach, uh -huh. no, but then you she have was, to deal you were guys that. were so young, and like she obviously knew, like she was trying to weaponize the word, and she so. was Hispanic. Really? Yeah. Craziness, right? That is. I, you know, so my husband is half Hispanic, or he's, okay. his, his mom is from El Salvador. So he's Hispanic and what? Black. Oh, okay. So he, he comes off as black, like he yeah, yeah, at yeah. Him, he's darker than me, but um, his mom is from El Salvador, mm -hmm. so he's mixed also. 
Um, and so like just seeing like some of the contention between the black and brown community mm -hmm. has always baffled me because it's not us that that helps. Like it's it's the white people that mm -hmm. you know us, us fighting. Mm -hmm. That's who that helps. And mm -hmm. so um, I've always hated that contention. Yeah. Yes. Um, we'll, 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 we'll get there. We'll get there one day. Another episode, right? Right. Um, so how does how do you first feel about the Black Lives Matter movement that's going on right now in America? Um, I've always been really supportive of it and I really... It's sad that we have to say that, right? Like, to me, it's somewhat sad because, like, why do we have to say that? And then why do we have to keep saying that? Um, but, you know, I've always been supportive of it and I really, you know... I truly believe that people make the difference in their own spheres, like, of, of influence. And, you know, mine, of course, is, you know, where I work and so early days during Black Lives Matter, I tried to hold a, a panel for Black mm -hmm. Lives Matter event um, at, at the college and mm -hmm. got a lot of um, negative reaction to it. Wow. But, um, you know, I've always really, I just, just having the conversation I think is so important and um, and I'm, I'm glad, I'm not glad for the reasons, but I'm yeah. glad that the movement has gotten so much spotlight recently again. Have, have you experienced, because I have, um, more white people being very supportive of the movement and then very interested. I mean, asking questions like, hey, how can I help? What can I do? And for me, it's a little baffling because, so you mean to tell me you didn't know before now? <laughs> how do you, <laughs> how do you respond when people do say that? I mean, honestly, I've, I've had the discussions, mm -hmm. you know, and I'll, I'll tell them and talk to them about it because at least they're asking and they feel comfortable enough to ask. Mm -hmm. And I like the fact that they're interested. I do. And I don't want to be the person that, let's just say I'm this angry person that just says, you should know or whatever. I don't want to push them away. Um, but why does that have to be your job? It it doesn't. Mm -hmm. it, it really doesn't. And, and I'm giving them resources and they are doing the work. Mm -hmm. oh, that's good. Which is great. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it's kind of like I'm a coach on the sidelines just to kind of say, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's yeah. how I feel. And it shouldn't be mm -hmm. my job, but if not me, then who? You know, and I'm really torn about this, and I've actually read a couple articles about it, about kind of, you know, after these events started and how so many white people reached out to their black friends, and um, and a lot of them were like, oh, I'm just checking in, and to me, that specifically is um, performance allyship. Mm. I want to feel better about doing something, mm -hmm. so I'm going to check in with mm -hmm. my with my black friends, mm -hmm. and then I can say, "Oh, I did something." Yeah. Um, that's not something like that. <laughs> that's not something, right? right? Um, I think it's better those people who are asking for resources. Um, but I still, and I'm I'm really torn about what the rule is because there's so much out there. Mm -hmm. There's so much literature. Mm -hmm. There's so many articles that if you just did like a 30 second Google search, you would get a good bunch of good stuff. Right. So why do you have to go ask the color, you know, the people of color that you know to do that work for you? And so I think I'm kind of torn on that. I um, understand. On the one hand, I'm glad they're asking. On the other hand, um, I know that you could figure this out. <laughs> so. 
We're being lazy. Do your job. No, it is. And part of like you, even, I mean, even us and like, Everything I know, I don't, not everything is my experiences, right? A lot of things I know intellectually because I read and mm -hmm. because I look, you know, um, and I did that work. So I know that you can do that work too. <laughs> well, so, so I had an epiphany mm -hmm. when, when talking to, to them. Um, this particular uh, person that I'm talking about, she's, she says, you know, I'm really trying and I even make a conscious effort to speak to all different people of all races. I speak to black people, I speak, but a lot of black people won't even look at me. And so then she, she did, this didn't even dawn on her. Mm -hmm. I says, well, you know it used to be illegal for black people to look white people in the eye. Mm -hmm. That Like she's be, talking about strangers? Just like in the store, grocery store. Hi, how are you? And it, that, that yeah. I told her that it was kind of weird because I had a white guy. I, know you. I had a white guy come up to me. He goes, "You really look good in that color." And I'm like, "You're creepy." I mean, I said thank you, but inside yeah. I was like, "You're a creep." And have you ever seen me in any other color? Yeah. Because now I'm worried that you're stalking me. You know, like yeah. it's weird. That, no, that is weird. I mean, I think beyond beyond race, even like if I don't, that that's weird. So. Um, maybe, maybe I would say to her that's not the best way for maybe for you to show. Because um. <laughs> I assume that what she's trying to do is show acceptance of the community, and and maybe there's a better way to do that. That's mm -hmm. that's less. Um, and I think that's. <laughs> but I think that's why they're checking it to know if this is offensive. Is this offensive? Because I did tell her something did, was offensive. And did she, does she, she do did that not to other white people? Do they what? Does she do that to other white people? No. See, that's the thing. So if you, and that, that's probably a good a good bar, right? Is if you don't go up to other white people in the grocery store. But this is America. Mm -hmm. We have issues with racism. No, we do. But you said she was checking in with you. Oh, and okay. So at that check in, if you probably if you didn't do it, if you wouldn't do it to other white people, and you shouldn't be doing it to black people, it's probably a good bar. If you don't go up to white people and say. Hey, how you doing? I like you in that color to strangers. Then you probably shouldn't be going up to the black people. <laughs> well, but you know what it reminds me of? Is you know how men will always tell women to smile? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, I'm just telling you to smile, blah, blah. And I say it to another man. And they won't. Mm -hmm. Because it's not, so if you wouldn't say it to another man, so it's, I think it's like that same bar. Like, yeah. My two cents, my two cents. <laughs> Do you ever think we'll overcome this thing? Do you ever think race will at one point not be an issue? So I think that race and class are very tied to each other, right? You have you have racism because you have classism. You have classism because you have racism. Um, white, poor people can say at least I'm not black, right? Mm -hmm. And I think those two things are very tied together. And I don't think you're going to be able to overcome one without overcoming the other. And so, um, in order to, I think, overcome racism, you also have to start addressing the class. The, the, so many class issues that we have mm -hmm. um, in this country as well, mm -hmm. um, you know, around generational wealth and who gets opportunity. And um, and so I think, do I think ever? Um, not in my lifetime, wow. <laughs> but I, I think it can get better. But it can get better, and that's the thing. 
but people are very tribal by nature. Mm-hmm. I want to be with my people and I want to know them better than somebody, right? Wow. And so it's hard, like, is in this, so what you're asking of people is to be selfless. And I have not seen that there are enough people who are willing to do that mm-hmm. in order to overcome racism. But like I said, I think it can get better. And I think while racism is social and learned, there are mm-hmm. policies that you can um, implement to help uh, dispel a lot of racial and racism um, related practices. Mm-hmm. And speaking of policies, mm-hmm. what do you think about this whole defund the police movement? Um, so I, I I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think because when you say defund the police, you're not saying take all the money away and just right. we're not going to have anybody policing, right? right? What you're talking about are these other social services that the police have for very many years been um, tasked with, with doing, right? Like when there's a homeless person, you're calling the police to have them removed from your storefront, you know? Mm-hmm. and maybe there's a social worker would be better for that to get them into housing or to get them resources. And so um, I think that you can, we spend so much money on the police, I think it would work. It's a lot of work to do this, Mm -hmm. but it would work to to take, uh, you know, look at a comprehensive budget and talk about how we could better um, allocate funds in order to put them towards more um, social services to help with domestic violence and to help with homelessness and, you know, all of those other things that police have had to do. Yeah, even drugs. to do. You yeah. Know, oh gosh. They yeah. need help. They don't need to go to jail. Yes, and that's with the with the recent heroin issue. How you know, um, all of a sudden, uh, drug use became a health issue and was no longer a crime, but, yeah. a criminal issue. Um, and it, all it took was a bunch of white people getting addicted. To do so, it. yeah. And so it's um, just yeah. I mean, there's you could take almost any major issue in this country and and just see the discrepancies between um, how they're treated among different races. It is, it's it's really sad, um, but, I, but I do think that with, with the videos, you know, circulating, people are starting to see. People yeah. are starting to see that, okay, wow, that happened to me last week. I got stopped because my tail light was out and he let me go with a warning and I went home. Mm-hmm. But this guy got beat down or mm-hmm. this guy died, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or I have a um, concealed weapon permit. Mm-hmm. I told the officer, he, he, he told me, you know, he asked me to see it. I put it on the dash and that was what happened. But Philando got killed mm-hmm. in front of his child. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is, um, it's just something I think to say about the, the lack of morals and humanity that, that we, we as America have right now mm-hmm. but I really just hope that one day we do get to the dream of everybody is equal and I think know. it's possible I think what you just have to do is you have to raise another generation to do that yeah I don't think it's, it's the people in charge right now I think this generation is gonna do it though they could they could you know what it feels like right now mm-hmm. and I obviously I wasn't there so I don't know but it feels very much like about reading about like the protests in the 60s and things it like does. that it um, which we all think of as this time of change um, and I think that we're gonna look back on this time and feel that same way um, you know, it's sad that you know, 50, 60 years later, we're we're, we're fighting the same battles. We were, you know, the battles. same civil rights battles. But um, I think I think this is gonna go down in the history books, and I think you know, our, our kids are gonna grow up and ask us about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
I can only hope and, and pray, um, you know, and of course I do the work. Mm-hmm. You know, I do give to uh, different organizations. I make the calls, mm-hmm. I, you know, to for the change. I sign the petitions, mm-hmm. uh, send the emails, things like that. But um, this racial thing um, in America is, I don't know. It, it just really makes me sad. It makes me sad. <laughs> I mean, does. to say the least, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so my last uh, question before, I mean, Honestly, you've been awesome. I, I, I literally love talking to different people with different backgrounds because your background is so different than mine, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but have you ever been told not to date a certain race? So I, I never have. And um, and that, was, that actually goes back to your previous question when you talked about racism in the family. It's, mm-hmm. I was just race was never a conscious thing with my family and so um, I was really never told in any capacity who to date or who not to date. Right. Um, you know, that said, I've always dated, uh, usually dated men who are mixed or brown men too. <laughs> um, and so, um, and I think that, you know, you have similar experiences so right. that um, feels I guess I've never well. thought about that. Like yeah. you can date kind of whoever because yeah because I am yeah you know and here's the thing about being a person of color right so I'm not white like I'm because there's a very singular definition of what is white in America right so I'm yeah. not white and in some cases I'm not black but I'm definitely not white and so um yeah I've never have you ever dated an only like only white or only black person so I have actually so I had a boyfriend for a few years who was black and then the next guy I dated after that who was the guy before my husband was white mm. and I found that um, while he's a good person and he was fun to date our experiences of mm. being a woman and person of color and then being a white man were just so different um, and the ease through which he walked through the world kind of bothered me sometimes really yeah it was just um and did he like never see what you were talking about? Like when you would say, did you see how that lady just, I mean, did you guys even have those experiences? You know, and we did, and he would always acknowledge and validate what I said, but it was, um, I don't know, it never was that deep, right? And I don't feel like it was ever internalized. And so I, um, so like I said, he was fun to date for a while, but I knew that long term that would never be I could never marry a guy who was white mm-hmm. for that reason, mm-hmm. um, just because I felt like our experiences were just so separate or so different mm-hmm. from each other, mm-hmm. especially here. Yeah. Well, what about the the black person that you, did you find that you guys had similar, more similar experiences? Yeah, and I think that's the case, and that's partly why, you know, I've always dated black or brown men, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> is because we, we do have more similar experiences, um, just, you know, in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, th- so then, with your mom being completely, you know, white, mm-hmm. does she? What does she say about your, I guess, black experience? Or not much. <laughs> so I was telling my friend the other day about how one time my mom asked me what I wanted. She was getting barbecue for dinner, and I said catfish, and she was like, "Why do you like catfish?" And I was like, "You wouldn't understand. It's a black thing." And she was like, "Whatever, freeze." And but like, there just wasn't a lot of. Um, you know, now we talk about race a lot, but there just wasn't a lot of um, conscious like discussion of race growing up or any of that. Mm-hmm. Which I, partly I think was a sign of the times, but um, yeah, I don't think it was ever. 
I always wonder, like when we go out places and people see us with our mom, if they, with our mom, if they, um, cause you know sometimes you see people and you're like, don't feel like they belong together, or mm -hmm. you don't, you're like, as a, as a family unit. So I always wondered if when we went out, people thought of that, of us. That you guys were, uh, I, possibly. Mm -hmm. I, and I'll say, I'll say that because I'm saying this. Um, I have my daughter who mm -hmm. looks a lot like my husband, mm -hmm. like pretty much all like him. <laughs> and How then, dare she? <laughs> and then my niece, um, she's dark. She's we're about the same complexion, mm -hmm. and she favors my my mom's you know family. Mm -hmm. So um, she looks more like me. Mm -hmm. So we always when we're out and about. Mm -hmm. People would always assume that she was my daughter, and, oh, was really? friend, and my daughter was her friend oh, or uh -huh. cousin or mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. So they might, yeah. you know, it's really sad though. So my mom actually married a white guy for oh, really? um, okay. a handful of years, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I guess what I was specifically thinking, you know, like when they were oh, together, and they'd be okay. out with us, gotcha. you know, um, you know the the white you know mom white stepfather and these two brown kids two or three but at the right. time my sister was older so usually me and my brother at that time so so then that brings a whole nother <laughs> that brings a whole another aspect to this thing so then you grew up with um a, a white stepfather how was that was that so i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't say i grew up with him so he so my mom married him around the time that i was 15 or 16. gotcha um and so they were together for a few years um and that was a whole other story but that's how i ended up in vegas mm -hmm. so um that was it was like it was like before probably i was so conscious of race but i do remember being at the airport and this, we were getting coffee or something before our flight, and this woman was kind of, um, you could tell she was trying to figure us out. Yeah. And that, so I, that always kind of stayed with me, you know? Really? Yeah. That's funny. What about your teachers and everything? You didn't have to deal with any type of issues with them? You know, I was always a pretty smart kid, and that got me really far. Mm -hmm. um, and then some of the best teachers or the um, teachers I remember the best were black, you know, mm -hmm. my fourth grade teacher, my fifth grade teacher. And, um, you know, and I think them seeing, you know, a mixed or a black kid who was also smart, they really took the time to, like they invested time in me. Mm -hmm. um, I never, never, I don't think I've ever had a teacher where, that, where that's been an issue. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I've had things happen with colleagues, but not, I, don't, like, mm, I don't think mm -hmm. I've teachers. Yeah. Which is good because teachers think. Growing up, I don't think I've ever had an issue, uh, a racial type issue with any teachers. Um, my teachers, I, I, I was also very smart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was the thing with the teachers. I mean, if you're doing your work and you're you're, you know, they like you. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that goes to so something that's being discussed a lot now is, um, and I for, forgive me, is Elijah. What's the name? Oh, of the I, I don't know. His, his yeah. last name is escaping me, but I know in Aurora, uh, Colorado, yeah. we're talking about Elijah. Yeah. Um, young. I think I want to say he was 19 years old. I think he was early 20s. Was he early yeah, 20s? Yeah, but he, you know, they were talking about how he went and played the violin at the yeah. um, shelter and just how like a great person he was. Um, but I saw somebody yesterday posting, like, just as a reminder, even if they're not a great person, it's still not okay. 
to kill them. Yeah, for black people to die. Yeah, right. to, be, to be killed by the police. Right. And I think that's an important thing, right? Yeah. And so that just reminded me of it because, um, you know, I think you will find that there's a discrepancy perhaps among people of color who are smart and really academic, um, you can excel in academics versus the people who can't and probably how they're treated. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that, that as well. Um, and it's just, it's really unfortunate. Instead of people taking, <clears throat> taking the time mm -hmm. because these students need it, mm -hmm. obviously. Yeah. Um, they're treated differently. So, I don't know. This is America. <laughs> but I thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for asking me. Yes, I have enjoyed all of your um, insight um, and just letting us into your life a little bit. I <laughs> thank appreciate you. it. Um, and I give these to everybody that is on my show because you share oh, a piece of yourself. You. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. Take me with you wherever you. you go and just remember we're all experiencing this thing together. We're going to make it, if not in our lifetime, <laughs> soon after. This next generation, you guys, let's do it. Like, you got um, this. You got this. <laughs> we are cheering you on. We're making the phone calls. We're doing what we got to do. But um, I love seeing them out there in the streets and, and, and making it happen. So thank you so much. You have made this very first episode of season six amazing. I'm glad. <laughs> I can't wait for you guys to um, experience uh, everybody else will have 10 episodes this season because Mo's not with us this season, but um, either I'm going to do it by myself or I'm going to get me a come and find a co-host for me this <laughs> season. We'll see how that happens. Um, maybe some somebody will want to co-host with me. If not, <laughs> I got this. Um, Take applications? Yeah, I am. I am. Um, but uh, Pieces of She, search for us on YouTube, of course. You're looking at us right now. Pieces of She podcast. Um, on Instagram at pieces.of.she. Twitter, you can follow us at piecesofshe1. Um, you can also email me, trish at piecesofshe.com. If you want to be on the show, if you know somebody that wants to be on the show, if you have a question, DM me. Until next time. <laughs>